Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. I'm Britton. And I'm Alex. A Star Wars story. I mean, I'm Alex. <laughs> this week, uh, we're taking a look at Back to the Future. Yeah, okay, let's, let's just go ahead and say, because uh, there's probably a huge difference in the audio quality that people are used to. We don't know. We don't know if that's good or bad. We have no idea what's going to happen. This yeah. could go terribly wrong. So Tyler had to move away. So we're doing all of this that's through it. Skype. He went to a farm up north where he'll be happier. <laughs> I buy it. It's also kind of a. Uh, uh, Tell him about the Bonnie's George. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of topical because in Back to the Future they were testing out technology. They didn't know how it would turn out, sure, and that's sure. much what we're doing here. And they, yeah. Yeah, we're pioneers of podcasting. Is what we're it's funny because I'm pretty sure they actually use like Skype in Back to the Future too, like straight up. Like it's it's basically the same thing. I'm See? not sure about that. See, sure, yes, they do. Yeah, Elijah Woods. Uh, yes, he is. That too. All right, so Back to the Future from 1985, directed by Robert Zemeckis. It has a 96% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, and it has a 94% audience score. Oh, Robert wow. Zemeckis. I have no idea what he like. I've never seen an interview with him or anything, but I just assume he's easily the most normal of any of the directors that we've like, yes. discussed so far. I would assume that. Yes. That's just my assumption. Yes. Just, just yes. considering, yes. you know, we got Joel Schumacher and George Lucas and, and, Snyder and, Zack, Snyder. and Zack Snyder and Michael Bay. And, and, and you know. N- Nolan's not, like, bizarre, but, a, but he's so no, unique he's, in his filmmaking. Yeah. And he's very, like meticulous and like, yeah yeah just very different and then i feel like robert's mech is just like i'm a guy and i like to make movies that make people feel stuff he's very tall i believe he might be our tallest director <laughs> all right so best thing and worst thing <laughs> so look up the feet on your face we are we are skyping yes with video we are we are not barbarians so i can still <laughs> see uh who's doing best and worst first yeah i can go if you want go for it Okay, so my best is, um, uh, what's his name? Oh, God. Michael J. Fox. Yeah, Michael J. Fox. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're all day. I was just going to be like, Marty McFly, what's his name? <laughs> what's his name? Okay, yeah, Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Absolutely. And he wasn't originally cast as right. Marty McFly. Apparently they, I don't remember who was originally cast, but they went like a week into shooting and Robert Zemeckis was like, this is not working at all. <laughs> So I believe some of the shots where it's like the back of his head or whatever, it's not actually Michael J. Fox. It's that original actor with huh. the footage that they had shot. Yeah. But Michael J. Fox is perfect in this movie. I yeah, love absolutely. him so much. I, I have a I have a really – I have a very personal affection for him. He's one of my heroes. Mm-hmm. Like actual like – not just, oh, I like him so much I'm using the word hero. But like actually like I aspire to be like him. Yeah. He's such a wonderful man. And, and he's got like Swiss watch comic timing. He's so funny. Yeah, in this movie, I don't, like Family Ties and everything. Yeah, I I completely agree. He's wonderful. Yeah, uh, he's even on the show Boston Legal. I don't know. If sure, sure. I, I love that show. It's got a James Spader and a William Shatner, but he's on it for like three episodes, and he's amazing. He's a scene stealer. He did two episodes of Scrubs and just completely like beat mm-hmm. the crap out of everybody. Yeah. He's amazing. But I I love how I don't know. I feel like with a lot of characters in this movie, it's very. And I don't think anybody really does this, but it's a danger that they could turn it into, like, stereotypes. Sure. Or just, like, cr- complete cartoon characters. Yeah. And he does a very good job, like, right off the bat, we like Marty. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. though he's he kind of makes mistakes, and he's kind of... Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and he's someone who, 
you would not look at Michael J. Fox and be like, oh, he's like the cool guy. Yeah. But Marty McFly is so cool. He like rides a skateboard to work on a on a truck. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> awesome. I love how he how he awkwardly waves at all the older women oh, in yeah. the yoga training Completely. room thing. Like, all of that. If I if I was like a young man in '85, he would be like my new idol. Everybody be wearing the vest. I have a vest jacket, not the same color as him, but like com- I completely acknowledge the iconography. Yeah. Um, my worst thing. This is very tough, and I feel like I have to just go for easy targets here because Uh-oh. it is so tough. I'm gonna give this movie something in the A range, most definitely. Uh-oh. Um, just some of the time travel stuff just doesn't make sense, and that's just because it's a time travel movie. Whatever. Yeah, it's so hard to like it. it there's almost a time there. There's kind of a time loop thing because yeah. he goes to the future, but everything's changed. But he still sees himself going back in time. Yeah. But the future's changed. Right. And also everything else changes, but him, like he's the exact same Marty that was was sent back in time. Right. But like his parents have changed and all that stuff. But yeah, it's just some of the the weird inconsistencies where it feels like they're trying to do a time loop type thing, sure. but then things change. And just the whole plot device. I know it is a plot device. The, the picture of him with his siblings, where it's like, oh, oh yeah. his brother's slowly disappearing. That makes no sense. But it's <laughs> it's just a good visual device for us to see. Oh, yeah, th- this is a pressing matter. You're getting further and further, which I think is narratively speaking pretty genius. Yeah, like it's a pretty beautiful idea. But but it makes no sense. It's one, yeah, it's one of those things like if you dig in, it doesn't work. But like and also emotionally and narratively, it works. Like during the actual dance when he's playing the guitar and he's like, oh God, yeah. He, uh, his mother's like getting taken away by the other guy, right? And like, like seeing events unfold, right? Like George stops the guy, and then they kiss. Like th- there was no reason for it to be like, oh god, his hands disappearing. Mm. Like that makes no sense. Like that is that is just for the audience's benefit, right? 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 As like, oh god, that could happen. Uh. I'm I'm pretty sure the idea is just that like. It's. I, I think it's the idea is that it's a comedy, so I shouldn't be thinking about well, it as hard. I, I think it's more supposed to be for for the the benefit of the character of George McFly to show that he has actually like changed, and now he he is actually like. I mean, yeah, you know, pretty much all. Of the... I, I feel I feel like it's supposed to be a like. Oh, is he is he actually gonna like stand up? Is he gonna go back to his old self? Like it's supposed yeah. to be one last moment of which yeah. way he's gonna. I don't. No, I don't. It it's me. in service of character of... over plot, which I will take any day of the week. Yeah. Like, I would rather have great character stuff going on than a, a plot that makes complete sense, but the characters are very paper-thin and dull. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's what I got. Who's next? I'll go. Uh, my best thing about this movie is Crispin Glover as George McFly, or as he was once referred to on Animaniacs, Crispin Glover. <laughs> All right. Um... All I know about Christopher Glover before I watched this movie was that he was mentioned in an episode of Animaniacs as Crispin Glover, and that he played Grendel in Robert Zemeckis' Beowulf, which is a movie that we can't pretend didn't happen, and we also can't pretend that I saw it literally two days in a row. I was that determined to like it. <laughs> it did not meet my performance goals for that week. So you're um, telling me that should be the bonus movie we do at the end of this franchise? Yeah, I actually am. Oh my god, we really should. <laughs> we really should. The number Why? Of times. Because Christian Glover's in it, Robert Zemeckis directed it. Boom. 
that's that's not giving me a good enough reason. The number of times where 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 Britain will throw something up that I just like spike into Alex's court and he just loses his mind. I also want to point out you did ma- you you watched Jupiter ascending by you made me watch Jupiter ascending and I couldn't even be on the podcast for it. I watched Jupiter ascending for nothing. And now you won't let me watch Beowulf? Hey, it, there was a great bit where we read off your message, okay? It was very good. It was very was good. Very... I'm very good at message well, writing. at least that, I feel like there was a good reason for it. There's a good reason for this one. Crispin Glover? <laughs> but, but it's not like... Robert Zemeckis? But yeah. it's it's not like, oh, Robert Zemeckis, he was starting another franchise with all these, these very similar elements. Well, I won't spoil anything. <laughs> Please tell me there's an after credit scene. There might be. I can't remember. The only one would have find out. Let's just talk about Back to the Future. <laughs> Crispin Glover. Uh, no, Crindle, it's about your mother. <laughs> and Crispin, uh, I, can, can I just say, because you you haven't seen the second or the third. No, this no. is your first time watching Yeah, this, this is the first time I've ever seen Back to the Future. It's only three years older than me, and I never saw it. George McFly is in the next one, at least. I can't remember if he shows up in three, but it is not Crispin Yeah, Glover. well, doesn't he have like a brief like cameo as him or something? Or something? No, he's... He's just not him. George McFly is in it, but he's not. But not Crispin Glover? Okay, that's a shame. Because of money issues, apparently he something, wanted more, something. and they told oh, him no. So, I don't believe he's in the third one at all. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Well, because I just really liked. Is it, he has to play like three or four different versions of that character, yeah. like the the present day nerd, the past version nerd who has its own has his own character arc, then present day confident guy, like all these different levels of McFly, and he he's very funny and he does a really good job with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really enjoyed his performance. He was an actor whose name I knew. I just wasn't very familiar with him, and I just thought he was a lot of fun. Um, my worst thing is going to be I felt like they took the evilness of Biff a little too far because Biff is basic. He's almost an attempted rapist in this movie. Like when I mean, he kind of is. Yeah, like when yeah. George uh, I mean, goes to save him, is, save yeah. uh, uh, Leah Thompson. What's her mom's name? Oh God, what, what's it's her like name? Tyler Coco or Floppy or something? What is it? <laughs> I should know this. I did. Uh, Leah Thompson. He's going to save uh, Leah Thompson L- from... L- 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 Lorraine. Lorraine. Lorraine, yeah. He's going to save Lorraine from Biff, like... It's very clear Biff is not just, like, trying to kiss her. Like, it's very mm-hmm. aggressive, and they take Biff's... And I get, like, we're supposed to hate Biff. Like, we shouldn't like him. You know, he's awful. But even not even just that scene, but just throughout, he's so terrible. And it's not just the, the performance. Because that guy plays him does a great job. But I just feel like they didn't have to go quite so far with what he's capable of because the the reality of that scene to me as watching it was not just if George doesn't save him like Marty's not born. It's like if George doesn't save him like things go terrible, like something really awful happens. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was I, I feel like they could have scaled it back a little bit and still have achieved the we hate Biff. That said, it does make it even more satisfying when George flattens him out with one hit. Yeah. But again, I feel like you could have gotten that without... One of the most telegraphed moments in history, but it's great. Oh yeah, it's gorgeously done, and it's so deserved. I don't so know why deserved. it necessarily needs to... Like, like I, I mean, I don't know. I don't really I mean, see the argument of, of it being telegraphed. Like, I feel like it's just... It's I just mean, great. I think I think the argument is when, when George goes to throw the first punch, like, Biff immediately catches it and tries to break his arm, whereas the next one, there's clearly, like, five seconds of George winding up, and Biff yeah. sees it, and he does <laughs> nothing. Oh. <laughs> and you can't argue he's drunk the whole time, because he is. 
Okay, I see. I, see. I, I thought you were saying more for the audience. It was telegraphed, and I was like, well, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that might like, just be. It, it could sense. be that way. It, it's just based in the editing. Like, it's not the yeah. moment's not that drawn out in reality. But yeah, you know, I do just to play it up. Yeah. Yeah. Can, um, I, can I just say I liked that they didn't have Lorraine be Biff's girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like a Kirsten mm-hmm. Dunst, Mary Jane, Sam Raimi Spider Man type situation where. Oh, she's dating the bad boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She has to. She has to learn that the nice guys really worth it. Like every time Biff tries to hit on her, she's like, "No, leave me alone, you creep." Exactly. Yeah, I I I really like that. It was very funny to me how Lorraine, the juxtaposition of present day Lorraine and then past Lorraine, because past Lorraine is (laughs) game. She is ready. And it's so, like, I mean, from the instant she sees Marty, it's just, just like, let's go. Yeah. And it's it's very amusing to me. Um, I also want to say my, my, my best thing, subset A, is the line, what's he writing? It's a board with wheels. He's an absolute dream. It's that moment. I love that <laughs> so much. It's so delightful. Fair enough. Tyler? Okay. Um, my best thing is definitely the tone. In general, I think that's because this isn't a movie where where you necessarily like burst out laughing at all the jokes and stuff. It's it's a movie that's just very not even lighthearted necessarily because you feel like there are stakes, but it's yeah. the entire time the, there's this sort of I don't know. It's it's just very clever might might be the best. Like like the, there's so much the the wordplay and the the like callbacks and everything throughout the movie just feels very like. I don't know. It, it, you just can't help but smile at it. I, I think I think clever is exactly the right word because I didn't really put my finger on it, but you're right. Like it's not a laugh out loud comedy, but it's, it is funny. Mm-hmm. But it isn't this like, oh my god. And then he said, it's more just like it's very well written. It's smart. It's punchy. Like it's just a, a tight, well done. This is the most charming movie we have done mm-hmm. on the podcast. Yeah, honestly, it probably is. Yeah. Like from, I, I from minute of... one, it's like, oh yeah, this this movie has my attention. I'm down, yeah, that great uh, Huey Lewis, no, oh, yeah. and the Huey <laughs> Lewis cameo. Uh huh. Um, and I loved how they when they go back into the past. Well, I'm sorry, this is another tangent. Sorry, would you have a worse thing, Tyler? I don't know if I do. Okay, I may not. This I, might I be Tyler's favorite don't. movie. Um, we have now yeah. reviewed Tyler's favorite movie and Alex's favorite movie. We haven't reviewed my favorite movie yet. Although I'm not quite sure if Dark Knight Rises is actually my favorite movie, I'm still in a crisis of conscience about oh, that. Oh, is it because of uh, Mortal Kombat? <laughs> it's because of Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yeah, exactly. Let's figure that'd be the other. That's not a very funny title. I could have come up with something better. <laughs> Sorry. Take two. Is it because of Pride and Prejudice? I thought you were gonna go with the new Uwe Boll movie. Ugh. Just any movie. No, even I couldn't do it. The Blood Rain. You two. actually, you actually got mileage out of straight out repeating that joke. I'm, that that was good. <laughs> we should do all the Uwe Boll movies. Though. No, we should not. So where do we want to start with Back to the Future? Well, I guess uh, that's a good time. I, I, one of the things I wanted to point out was I really liked how the the way they relate the past and the future and everything, past and present and all that. They don't just do it with – it's not just Marty's family. It's like the mayor who's like a waiter at the diner yeah. mm-hmm. in uh, 55, and then he's the mayor, like – and all the little stuff they do with that, and like the way that this, the town looks. It's a really beautifully designed movie. 
All I could think of when I watched this, and I just watched this a couple hours ago, was George Lucas's line where he's like, "It's it's like poetry; it rhymes." Mm-hmm. You know, ever, ever it, like it repeats itself. But but here it it's actually done with a purpose, yeah. and it works because that's that's the point. It's supposed to be like things repeat themselves, and that that goes along with themes of time travel. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it's very very well done. Like even. Just something as simple as Biff and George, like their dialogue where Biff is bullying him yeah, about, yeah, yeah. oh, you need to do my homework. Oh, you need to do this report. Otherwise, I'll be fired. Like yeah, that yeah. exchange is almost verbatim, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it makes perfect sense because it's supposed to be, oh, their relationship hasn't changed in the slightest. Right. And there's so much like that. There's so many lines. It, the, it's not the just part... that. It's the iconography, too. Like there's so many – there's so much setup and payoff that's so subtle. Like – I did not notice the Twin Pines thing until you told me about it, Tyler. <laughs> I don't even know if I remember this now. I remember telling you about it. The I remember farmer that um, Marty crash lands yeah, yeah. in his, his little farmhouse at the beginning, That's they, they have a little line because it's Twin Pines Mall. Yeah. And Marty runs over one of the pine trees. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And there's a line of dialogue where he's like, you ran over my pine tree! And what is it called when he shows back up into the present? Is remember. it like Lone Pine Mall? I think it is, yeah. Yeah, just a little oh change like God. that. I didn't even know that until the either. last time I watched it with Tyler, and he, he pointed that out to me. That's great. That's great. Like, there, there's, there's so many little touches like that. that. I'm sure there are tons that I didn't – I still yeah, haven't yeah, yeah. caught. And even even with the, the like, actual plot points, like the, the part where, where Lorraine, like, tries to kiss Marty, and then they're like, uh, no – and where she's like, it's it's like I'm kissing my brother. Like, that's such a... Because they could have just said, it's like I'm kissing my son. And then that right. would have been like, oh. But the fact that she uses a brother is so... And then he's just like, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. Like, <laughs> it's so clever in the way it goes about these little, like, twists and, and <clears throat> laying out the character plots and everything. Yeah, I, I, and I love the way Michael J. Fox plays every scene with Lorraine. Like... Mm. Just the like cringy like he has the natural teenage like yeah but you're pretty but they're like but the rest of them is like this is so I'm um, <laughs> so unhappy with all of this oh I love just seeing Doc Brown's expression whenever they're <laughs> they're, they're talking together and he's just like what are you doing <laughs> I I'm not comfortable with any of this and then he just like leans against the DeLorean and he's like what's happening ah. <laughs> uh. Doc Brown's a close second is my favorite. I sure. I just love the chemistry between the two of them, between think, Christopher yeah. Lloyd and Michael J. Fox. It's it's beautiful. The the only downside I think to Doc Brown is that it made people think Christopher Lloyd can only play eccentric, crazy yeah. guys. And he originally didn't want to take on the part. Yeah, because Christopher Lloyd's a wonderful actor. Christopher Lloyd uh, was in an episode of Chuck, which was one of my favorite TV shows, and he plays uh, like a, a therapist or something, and he's totally still the whole episode. Like he's very subtle and quiet like it's not this extraordinary dot brown kind of character and he's wonderful in that episode not that he isn't wonderful in this but it's like his early roles like this and i don't know what he played on taxi and then like in cuckoo's nest he was playing a lot of these very wacky characters so people are just like we need a crazy guy christopher lloyd he'll be crazy yeah i'm like yeah and he will but he's good at a lot of other stuff too like he he i mean he's also really good at playing guys who think they don't like dogs but it turns out maybe he does like dogs just in time for Christmas. Were you were you waiting, Alex? Were you, were you like not sure where he was going with that until he said Christmas? 
It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You called it. Can the audio clip, can the uh, post credit audio scene in this be the snippet of the interview we heard with him? This is great. You get to see people you haven't seen in a while and everyone's happy. <laughs> Just like the most weird. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, I guess you. We'll have to watch it again. (laughs) (laughs) So back to the future. You mean back to back to the future. Ah. I I think it's. I can turn off the Skype call at any time. (laughs) (laughs) Also, the people people like to say that the, 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 the title doesn't make sense. Yes, it does. The future is the future as it relates to 1955. I mean, Doc Brown has the line, we're sending you back to the future. And it's yeah. beautiful because he points at the camera and then the camera slowly drifts off him. <laughs> well, he's no, no, and then, and then he, he like lifts up his finger and then he, he, he's got this immediate look of confusion on his face. Like he has <laughs> no idea what what is happening. I will say, I, I even though I'd never seen this movie, I felt like I knew it from having watched any episode of Family Guy. But also from just it's so iconic. You you hear these lines and you know this thing so well. I did not know the incredibly dark plot point of Doc Brown gets killed by terrorists. Yeah, yeah. All the Libyan stuff is just like, what is happening? Yeah, it's like crazy. I and I understand it's kind of in the service of further wackiness. But for, but for me watching it, I was like, I didn't know that there was this kind of. <laughs> this movie reminds me of. The, the Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka, and the Chocolate Factory, sure. where it just gets weird out yeah. of nowhere. This is a moment where, of what? You think it's just like this mundane kind of movie. Oh, it's it's got it's got a fun, light tone. Oh, God, what is happening? The, how there's terror and murder. Doesn't he end up not actually getting, like, he has bulletproof vest or something? Yes, because yeah. he read the yeah. letter. That's it, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but initially he does actually die, die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing was, he get that line about... But he said, we can't alter the future. And he's like, ah, that just sounded cool. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Or he just says, and then I thought, eh, what the hell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, I also uh, really enjoyed um, the girl, Claudia Wells, who played Marty's girlfriend. Yeah. I thought mm-hmm. she was fun. She is not in yeah, it's Elizabeth, the it's next one. Yeah. Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. It's also interesting that this cast does not have a lot of superstars in it. Michael J. Fox <laughs> and Christopher Lloyd are... are to date, the most famous. I guess Crispin Glover would be the second, or the third. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, Leah Thompson is on um, Switched at Birth. She was <laughs> also in Howard the Duck. That'll so, do th- it. so there's another movie. Where go. she had maybe sexual relations oh, with, is that her? with the duck? Yeah, I'm pretty oh, sure it's wow. her. wow. Pretty sure it's her. Wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah. What is it I, with I haven't seen Howard the Duck. These, these weird sexual roles. Yeah, because, again, the first time I saw her was on... Switched at birth, where all she does is go, but I'm rich and deaf people? <laughs> I won't tell anyone what that show's about if you don't know. Just see, so that's what you think the show is. But, and then I see her in this, and she's like, let's go. <laughs> like, come on down. Like, is, <laughs> I love that whole thing where Marty's just trying to get his pants on when he, like, first wakes up in their house. Also, like, the, the, the plot point of, if, if, George had never been hit by that car. They would, mm-hmm. Like, Marty would never be born. And the first thing that happens is Marty saves his dad from being hit by the car. Yep. He doesn't think about it. Yeah. Yep. Oh, he doesn't even realize it until he talks it through with Doc Brown. Yeah. He's like, oh, oh yeah, so that's good. how they met. And how, yep. Oh, God, what have yeah. I done? Yep. And, it's, and it's, it's so perfect that that's <clears> – <throat> and then the idea is that, like, 
so they would have gone together and then everything would have been fine. So then, but then Biff gets involved because Marty ticked off Biff. Mm-hmm. And so that's why Biff gets involved and why Biff is there and why George, has, it's, it's all just a very like tight, like circular. Yeah. It, it works very well. Yeah. Just like watching, um, I, I found the, the, the alternate presence present really satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> And just and, and not just because of no oh, yeah now Biff is subjugated but because of like George and Lorraine's relationship is so great yeah and like his his siblings are also they're doing great and um also the the old age makeup in this movie is great mm-hmm. <laughs> like and the performances from Thompson and Crispin Glover are really good and I really like if the makeup hadn't been that good I would have said just cast older actors and just don't worry about it yeah. But the fact they had really good old age makeup and both of them gave really good performances. Yeah, I never really thought about it until this viewing. I'm like, oh yeah, that is Crispin Glover yeah. under the makeup. Oh, but like I mean, that's convincing. And again, because it is Biff too. Yeah, yeah Biff too. Yeah. And because it has this kind of tone, if it looks kind of odd, you kind of give in because you're like, oh, it's all part of the adventure. That's the thing. Watching it, it is kind of cartoony, but it doesn't go too far. No, like it's it's very like. Here's an ideal – like, everything's idealized, but yeah. that's kept consistent throughout. Like, it's an idealized version of the 80s. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then it's an idealized yeah. version – like, it's very – I don't – And it's already it? kind of a silly plot. Not not wacky, but it's already kind of yeah. like – you have to go in with some willingness. It's a to... crackpot who makes a time machine. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, That's the idea. Out of a DeLorean, and we just kind of handle yeah. it. It took me a while to realize that a, De- that a DeLorean is also an actual car. Because yeah. I, for the longest time in my life, I only ever heard of DeLorean in association with the movie. Yeah. So I was like, that's what he called a time machine. And then well, I realized, no, it's actually a car car. Well, that's that's why he has the joke. He's like, you, you made a time machine out of a DeLorean? Right. Like because it's like I think it, the idea is that it was not a very good car. Like it was it was very yeah. unreliable, and there weren't very many of them. Yeah, and then, you, yeah. So you made a time machine out of an Edsel. Like mm-hmm. originally they were going to do it. I think it it was a refrigerator. Hmm. I believe was the original idea for the time machine. Like something really oh wow weird like that. Well, wasn't wasn't the idea that he they didn't want people? I think I have heard of this. Wasn't the idea that they didn't do that because they didn't want kids getting in refrigerators? Oh, that, I bet it's entirely I possible. I think that's what it was. I could be wrong I about bet. that. It's so that might be another movie, but I know that's that's something that might be for another movie. That sounds very. That sounds like it would have happened. I just really appreciated like. Well, what about Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Yeah. That's the fun part. Yeah. Nuke the fridge. I just really enjoyed like that. This movie has it. It so often deviates from the characters' plans and the way it like. They were going to do the thing with sending him back with the, the storm and the connecting the thing, and that doesn't go right, but then they still this other thing happens. To, it's all very smart. There's a reason this movie was nominated for an Oscar for its screenplay. Mm-hmm. Well-deserved. Absolutely. And nobody wanted to buy it when it first came out, because mm-hmm. everybody's freaked out by incest. Right. <laughs> Even the, everybody everybody they pitched it to said, oh, you got to take it to Disney. This is totally a Disney movie. Yeah. And then they go into Disney and they go, this is not a Disney movie, because there's... <laughs> Alleged incest. This is weird. <laughs> and now they're bet they're sick of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Zemeckis is he's such a he's made such a, so many. He has a really interesting filmography. Yeah. Because um, he made this and Forrest Gump, Castaway, and, and Flight, and Beowulf and Christmas Carol and Polar Express. Like he has such a weird group of movies. Flight's awesome. He is the master of setup and payoff. He's a he's a wonderful director. Like. Oh, hold on, sorry. I, w- I was just looking this up, and I have to. I have to jump in here. This, this. I knew there was more to this. This little fun fact. Um, so the I didn't know this part. 
apparently the original idea was that they would not only would they take a fridge, would they, they that would be the time machine, they would drive it into a nuclear test site, and the atomic explosion would send the fridge back in time. So wow. they they almost literally nuked the fridge, and they scrapped <laughs> the idea because producer Steven Spielberg was afraid that children would start climbing into refrigerators and getting trapped inside. <laughs> That's great. That's great. That I guess that's where he got the thing from Crystal Skull. I Maybe guess that was like, like the inspiration for that. Like, there's see, my immediate thought is, oh, that has to be George's one of George Lucas's wild ideas. That's true. Nope, nope. Based on what you're telling me, I, no, yeah. I, I bet what happened was they were like Spielberg was like, okay, I got to come up with an idea for a fourth indie. They want me to make it. Hey, Bob, what was that thing we said back in '84? Which is funny because. Crystal Skull is a lot more child-friendly than the other Indiana Jones sure. movies. Mm-hmm. He and Zemeckis are pals. Like, I remember when Zemeckis won his Oscar for Forrest Gump. Spielberg was presenting, and he, when he opened the envelope, he's like, he didn't say Robert Zemeckis. He, like, told his kids, like, I don't know, like, June and Tom or whatever. Your, your dad just won the Academy Award, which is a very, I thought, very sweet and lovely. And then he had to say Robert Zemeckis because no one knew who the kids were, but still. It happens. It's all right, so where do we want to go from that? That's the power of love. Would we have wanted to see Arnold Schwarzenegger as Doc Brown? <laughs> Marty! No, I, w- I wanted him as Marty. <laughs> go, Johnny, go! 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 I cannot have sexual relations with you. You are my mother. <laughs> now you see. <laughs> Doug, I'm here to warn you about the future. Doc Connor! <laughs> we can't even even escape our bad Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions outside of the Terminator franchise. Oh, yeah. No, this is a staple. This is part of it now, guys. It's like Whenever the Dolphin Treasure Marvel. Buddies, it's happening. Edward Furlong is Marty, and then Arnold oh, Schwarzenegger God. is Doc Brown. There we go. Oh, God. This is so heavy, Doc! Doc, I don't know how to talk like these people talk. <laughs> Are you just saying things like swell and poodle skirt? No, I just want no. I changed my mind. I just want Arnold to be the to be uh, Marvin Barry. Hello, Chuck. It's me, your cousin, Marvin. Marvin Barry. You know that new sound you've been looking for? Listen to this. Arnold, it's me, your cousin, Clark. Clark Schwarzenegger. That's him saying that. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Billy Zane's in this movie. Yes, yeah, he's one of the best goons. Mm-hmm. Not the guy who's always wearing 3D glasses. Yeah. Now I, I, I want to pose this question to our our viewers who remember the 50s. We know who we're talking to. Miami. And <laughs> uh, this is something I've noticed in a lot of movies. Miami about is the 50s. Uh, notoriously stuck in the 50s. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of movies that take place in the 50s but were not made in the 50s like Grease and Back to the Future. There's always one of the tough greaser guys who's just an just a weirdo. There's one in one of Biff's guys just always wore 3D glasses. Mm-hmm. There was one of the T-Birds in Grease who was clearly Greece. 47. <laughs> that was that was his interesting character. That quirk. was his weird quirk is that he's been held back a lot. We, I had a lot of problems with that movie. But it's okay, buddy. Is, is that what the fifties were like? Was it really just all 
poodle skirts, and then every group of guys had one weird guy who was just like, I got a rubber duck! And then they just went to the drive-in or something and got burgers maliciously. <laughs> pizza, I'm sorry, it's pizza. There's a line in Greece where the guys go, come on, guys, let's go get a slice of pizza with, like, all the rage and, like, yeah, we'll show them. A single slice for all of them. Correct. <laughs> We're going to share because, mm, yeah. And they flip up their collar. Kids. Now, if only there were a Greece 3. There's going to be. I mean, we could, I, we could just be like, we'll do the first two Grease movies, and then we'll do all three High School Musical movies, because it's like the modern <laughs> update, and then Britain will just commit suicide. It is odd that I'm over here going, can we watch Treasure Buddies? And you're like, we should watch Grease. And I'm like, no, we gotta watch Treasure Buddies. What are you talking about, weirdo? Ugh. How great is the Hugh Lewis cameo in the talent show? Yeah. I did want more of the bad teenage bands auditioning, though. Like, I love <laughs> stuff like that. Or just, like, a bunch of untalented... I, I think that would be really funny. Can I just say, like, I, I know the the point is that, oh, the, the older generation doesn't like their music. Like, you're just too yeah. darn loud. Yeah. Maybe it's just because we're living in 2017 that the music's kind of tame. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's the idea, I think, is that, like, I don't know. I, I, but, but it's not like super heavy metal. I feel like well, that would be more of the, sure. the earned response of you're just too darn loud. Yeah, it's all, it's also but, like an in joke that they have Huey Lewis yeah. saying. Well, that. And, and and the joke is also that like it's the same thing as when he goes back to the '50s and he's like, well, your kids are gonna love it because yeah, like yeah, yeah. these people are the people judging him are the adults who didn't I, I, who weren't ready for that music. I do so, love how one of the the judges appears to be a high school student as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, um. That that's like my favorite thing. One of my favorite things about this movie is the fact that the whole theme is people always think that like when when they were or like a, the 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 adult current adult generation always thinks oh when we were these kids age we were the model students and we you know we were yeah. good like we did silly but we you know it was all forgivable we were great and then, and like <clears throat> that line of thinking of 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 kind of how the movie just is like. No, screw you. People are always the same. It's it's just yeah. Every generation is messed up. Oh, I love it when Lorraine at the beginning, her future uh-huh. self, she she's talking about how terrible Marty's girlfriend is. Yeah, she's like, I would that's never exactly chase a boy exactly like that. And, and then just like the complete flip yeah. of that. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I love it completely. This movie also has my favorite version of Earth Angel. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful version of that song in this movie. Like it's it's genuinely gorgeous. Oh yeah. The music is great, yeah, and not and not just the songs they put in with you. No, no, the, the, the score itself is delightful. Can we talk about how awesome the the theme of Back to the Future is? Oh, sure. It is it is one of the greatest movie themes ever made. Yeah, it's beautiful, and it comes in like just just so much throughout the movie, and, and like it's so energetic and also very emotional at times, and and yeah, it's it's it's. it's it's a tour de force. It's great. I love it. Well, this movie also it it does the same thing as another movie reviewed recently that came out in 1984. Um, the visual effects. I mean, whole, this was 85. You hush. <laughs> <laughs> um, where they the visual effects are dated, but they hold up really well. Mm-hmm. Like I would the say, the tower stuff the, is awesome. The effects, they look great. the yeah. effects are really good. The only effect that I think does not age well is him seeing his hands start to disappear sure 
That no, but like the effect of the the car doing, yeah, the car like looked, actually was, traveling back in time, it's tremendous. I think it still looks good. The, oh, the flying car at the end looks great. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a that's a great effect. That was also what a great way to end that movie mm-hmm. with where I'm going. We don't need roads, and they get in a flying car. Yeah, what a great because you're already just you've had a great time watching this movie, and then to just give you a little dose of just pure excitement and just that's just fun and they hadn't even planned on a sequel no yeah. they, they 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 not at all wanted like they they were just like oh yeah this is gonna be a one-off thing it'll just be a fun like i i know i might be you know speaking too soon because obviously we'll be doing the next couple but just the fact that they hadn't planned on doing sequels and then they are able to do it and it works yeah <laughs> yeah i think we talked about that a little while ago maybe with like the terminator franchise or or i think what? i brought that up well, you probably brought it up a lot because, like, the Matrix movie is very similar, mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, the second and third movies were made together, just like second and third for this, and then same yeah, with Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean. This is – and and also the fact that and, – and we can go more into this after the third movie, um, but Robert Zemeckis is, and, and who Bob Gale, they're both very, very adamant that they will not make a fourth one while they're mm-hmm. alive. I think we might have brought this up in the last episode, but – um, they're like, nope, there's, we're not, that's it. We're done. We, we have the rights and we're not giving them up until, you know, we, we are literally like buried because it's just no. Yeah. And, and, and that, the fact that these three movies, as, as I think we'll see, I, I, and I feel like generally this is people like them. All right. Um, they, they're so consistent compared to like all other franchises outside of, what Lord of the Rings? Um, I guess the MCU you could throw in there. Sure. Um, and Lord of the Rings was made at all, all. They were all made at the same time. Right. Is that about it? We're <laughs> just like, like all of them are well regarded. Just, we're just they're all good well, movies. They're all solid. They're all like critically they're they're well accepted. I don't know. People don't love the third one. I don't think, but they certainly don't like bash it. No, there's not like this. I mean, the Dark Knight trilogy would be up there, at least in terms yeah. of critical reception. You can argue yeah. about the fanboys now hating Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. People have piled onto that for some yeah. reason. But yeah, I still I think that all the people still consider that like, now that's a pretty good. Again, now we've reached this weird point where even like nineteen year olds are going, "Oh, Michael Keaton, those are the best Batman movies, man." Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry. They're not. You can have your own opinion, especially if you grew up like with those movies, of oh, course. Sure, sure, sure. But those are not the best Batman movies. I'm sorry. Is this, Batman's gonna be. No one will ever agree on a Batman movie. Like, there's never gonna be one that right because now it's being, it's become cool to hate on the Nolan movies. Like, this is it's never gonna happen, and that's fine. Like, I mean, that's movie. that's why the character thrives because yeah, exactly. there's so many different interpretations there's always a new one unlike back to the future there's only one back to the future and <laughs> yeah. that's exactly how it should be and i just really respect that a guy like zemeckis who as an auto film career as he has he's had some duds he's had some amazing movies and all throughout his career he's not someone who like made great movies when he was starting out and then he's lately just been bringing out crap like yeah he made flight a few years ago which is tremendous oh yeah um like he's he's still got it it's just you know he makes a lot of movies and some of them are great and some of them aren't but it says a lot that he is so aware of what he's already made. He's like, we don't need to make another one. Because I know that if he if he came to any studio and said, I think I want to do Back to the Future 4, they'd green light it and give him all the money in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also really respect that he 
kind of stays away from franchises. Yeah. Like, I know there were recently rumors of him, like, maybe he was being considered for The Flash or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, it'd probably be much better with him on board, but he should probably stay away from it because I don't want his name to be attached to something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I prefer someone as talented as him who, who's just got... Like, he's the type of guy, I just want him to have 100% control of whatever he's working on. Yeah. Very much like a Christopher Nolan type, where it's like, I don't want any studios meddling with his work. I want him to be able to do whatever he wants, which usually thrives better when he's doing original projects. Yeah. Well, and he's clearly a guy who is interested in making a variety of of movies, because lately he's done more, like, high-budget, almost character studies, I guess, like Castaway and Flight. Yeah. Um... Even though he comes from... And Forrest from, Gump, obviously. And Forrest Gump, yeah. Even though he does come from, like, a very effects-driven kind of thing with with uh, uh, Back to the Future and, like... Uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Oh, God. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? What a phenomenal movie. <laughs> like, that, that movie is extraordinary. That would be a great one to do on, on this. I love that movie. Yep. And he made Allied, which was weird. So I'm, I'm looking at his other movies because I feel like I'm forgetting I, a bunch of. I feel like there's there's something he produced that I'm trying to think of. Um, that blows my mind because it's something I love and I can't remember what it is. Oh um, yeah, Romancing the Stone. That's a cool movie. Yeah, he's just such a such an interesting guy. I didn't realize he'd made Allied, which came out. Yeah. Very recently. That was a movie. He produced Mars Needs Moms and <laughs> and Real Steel, which I heard is quite good. And Last Holiday and Monster House. Monster House is a wonderful movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh God, the Frighteners. Oh, uh, the Frighteners. Have you guys seen the Frighteners? No. Mm-hmm. It's one of Peter Jackson's early movies. It's got Michael J. Fox in it. Huh. Michael J. Fox is someone who like sees ghosts and like helps like exercise them and stuff. It's super fun. It's Michael J. Fox, Jim McBride. Oh, Frighteners is great. Interesting. That's You guys should see that. That's a fun movie. Is this another movie where we spend most of the time just talking about other things because we're like, everything's great? A <laughs> little bit. We've spent a while talking about this, haven't we? Yeah, a bit more than we usually do with yeah. other things. Um, have... Oh, sorry. What? Continue. I was, I was just going to say, I do have a couple more complaints that I'd like to bring up. They're wrong. Be- just, <laughs> just because I was looking for even minors, none of this matters. Like, none of my complaints matter at all. The fact because the movie, it's not that kind of movie. And I'm not going to say it's a critic-proof type movie. It's just I don't need to be thinking about it as hard as, as like, I'm right. I am. Because, like, it's not taking itself all that seriously. Like, it is enough for you to care about the characters and you're invested in what's going on. But it's not like... The end-all be-all is that the time travel completely makes sense, 100%, and no flaws whatsoever. Yeah. Well, ultimately, this is a movie that does so many things right, especially, and it's hard to get time travel right. It's just hard to do it right. Yeah. But they, I really... would argue the only movie that gets it 100% right, and that's just because of how perfect the time loop is, is the first Terminator. Right. And, and that, well, less is more, almost, yeah. with time travel. But this movie gets so many things so right, what flaws there are just don't bother me that much, because I'm like... Yeah, but look at everything else you did that's very hard to do. Right. And and the choice they made for what to do with time travel is genius. Because yes. it, the fact that this literally just, we're going to go to the exact same place, it's going to be mundane civilian life, and it's going to be 30 years prior. It's not, yeah. 
we're not going to see dinosaurs. We're not going to the future, and, and we'll yeah. get there. But we're not um, like, oh my god, we have to save planet Earth because yeah. we, we ran over yeah. a young JFK or something. Like it's a very <laughs> simple. I need that to be Back to the Future for. <laughs> um, That's the Michael Bay reboot of this. You know exactly. that, right? Exactly. Oh god, um, with Mark Wahlberg as Marty McFly. With Mark Wahlberg, as Marky Marty McFly. McFly. I thought you were about to say Mark Wahlberg as young JFK, and I was like, oh, god. But, but then he'll That's get someone actually talented like Stanley Tucci to be Doc Brown. <laughs> hey, Doc, Doc, I don't tell about the future. It's me, Marty McFly. You know me. <laughs> I'm an inventor. I'm inventing. You gonna go back to the past? Say hi to my mother for me. That's a very clever reference. I'm, I'm a skater. You gotta let me skate on my skateboard. I'm a skater. What? Then what? So hey. a couple a couple of minor flaws I have with the movie. Like I said, I'm this doesn't fight actually you on literally matter. all of these because I want to. <laughs> it's a little convenient that the doc has his big story about like he figures out time travel on a specific <laughs> day, like how it's possible because he falls off his toilet. and It's a very amusing anecdote. The fact that that's so close to the day where his parents fall in love and both of those are brought up in the same exact day right before marty gets sent back of course it's just it's just very efficient storytelling it's just telling you exactly what you need to know that way when he gets sent back we have all we need for him to be sent back to the future but it's a little convenient hello tyler getting awfully close to the camera there I, I killed the spider. close enough to podcast. yell in your ear that you. <laughs> I, I killed. It's, it's... I killed the spider before this podcast, and I believe another one is coming to avenge Oh god! <laughs> and I believe it's, it's like eight-legged freaks over there. Oh god! What a great movie. Um, and then also it's just weird how Marty just kind of shows up to the high school and nobody questions it. And then at the it's end, the fifties no, were a different time. Yeah. <laughs> at the, very trusting. Though. No, but at the end, Lorraine has the line of Marty. Will we have, will we ever see you again? What makes you think he's just gonna go away? Like that—that's just very odd. The fifth—it was the fifties. Drifters were always leaving. The fifties were just but, a series. It's like the Dust Bowl. But is people he a just drifter? showed up, changed their life, and then walked away? But he's not really played like a drifter. I think it's assumed though. He's kind of weird. He, if you don't know them, you just kind of assume they're a drifter in the fifties. That's that's. How I really think that was a thing, though. He just needed a motorbike. Then this I was like a, it. this is like a okay. Steinbeck novel. Like someone just rolls into town, <laughs> changes their touches everyone's life, and then hits the old dusty trail. <laughs> but yeah, that that was that was my couple of just minor. Oh, that was it. <laughs> no, no, that, that's literally it. That's just all I got. That and, and just the, the some of the weird time loop versus Marty changing and all that that minor stuff that I mentioned earlier. But that's that's literally all my problems I have with the movie. Otherwise, it's perfect. There's I definitely really... some like setup that's very convenient as far as they set up that they set up the, the girl hands him the clock tower or the woman hands him the clock tower. Yeah, that too. Flyer. You know, it's it, they set all that up, but the fact that they set all that up and it all ties back together so well makes me completely not care. Like, yeah, I probably should more again, like you were saying. I think it's also better than them going, wait a minute, that clock tower thing happens to be today late in the movie that we didn't tell anybody about. Yeah, well, I mean, exactly. w- w- would we rather have it as, like, the clock tower got struck 25 years ago, so we have Marty stuck there for five years in the 50s? Oh, like, efficient storytelling. With time travel, you're always going to have, like, conveniences like that because you need to set up different events that are going to happen. Yeah. That way you can call back to certain time periods and all that. So, like, that's just going to be inevitable. So, just the fact that it's, it's efficient storytelling. Yeah. 
And I, I really appreciate that. Well, and I don't want to like pull threads on on, on on these numbers, but it's interesting that the Rotten Tomato scores had critics giving a higher praise than the audience. Again, it's 96 and 94. Like this is not a huge disparity. But you know what I mean? Like this is a movie that I figured it'd be, it'd be flipped. That two percent would go the other direction. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that there are people who hate this movie at all. It's interesting but. that I feel like that. I'm pretty sure that is the highest, a higher critic score than anything. Any, any superhero movies, I want to say? Uh, I'll top of your head, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right on that. I'm pretty sure 94 is the highest for, like, Dark Knight or something. something yeah, Dark Knight said 94. And, of course, that's it's an 80s movie, and, and Rotten Tomatoes heavily inflates older movies. Cough, cough, Burton, Batman movies. Um, Batman Returns with an 80%? And a lot of that just comes from the nostalgia factor and exactly. like younger generations wanting to be like cool and say like the retro stuff. 80%? Yeah. But, but what I was what I was getting at what I was getting at with that um the I feel like this tone is perfect for especially for Marvel movies and for for a set a certain set of DC characters like like Flash and Green Lantern and that's sort of, this kind of clever storytelling and and just very emotional it, it's it's high personal stakes without necessarily having to be about the end of the world but it's still big and it's still important all of this like i don't know i feel like this is this kind of joy is what i should get out of watching like any superhero movie that's yeah. not trying to be something much darker right, um, right. which no, isn't to say every, i don't like mcu movies or anything like that but everything but dark and so gritty perfect. Now Zemeckis would be a neat fit for the MCU if yeah, they let, gave him carte blanche the way they and I think like James Glenn, James and I Allen. think I would if they had done that early on they probably would not have I, True. It, it does feel like now they're starting to branch out more and so I would be really interested to see them hit, them give him something like that but I don't know if I, I, I like you were saying about his franchise thing I, I think he's kind of I don't want to say above that but he's just sort of and he might just be like look I I think just the fact that he knows he can probably get just about any movie he wants made. Or, or at least it'll be a little easier for him, yeah. and he has so many connections, and he might just be like, that's great, and they're doing their thing, and that's awesome, but like, what do I want to do? What's the movie exactly. I want to make? Allied, apparently. <laughs> Post-Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, he should take over that. Do we think we yeah. could survive for five years in the 50s? I don't think so, because I don't like Ham that much. <laughs> I like it, but, but I couldn't eat it because I feel like it's all they You like the it, you don't love it. You know what's exactly. interesting is that the hairstyles in the 50s seem relatively normal to me. True. It's kind of like on um, Halt and Catch Fire, though, where, like, they're in the 80s, but they don't overdo the 80s hairstyles. Yeah. Because to remind us that, like, yes, but hang on. <laughs> like, people didn't actually look like a cartoon character from the 80s. Like, I don't know. I think it's, I think... I think that was a good choice. Because I also like, like, racism. <laughs> and, like... They do address that. They do, which I liked. And just living for five years with, like, American Bandstand and just, like... It would be 1960 before you know it, and I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> I don't want to do Oh, come on. Flower power. Come on. Britain, in five years, we're sending you back to the future. I just don't know. If I... What decade would you guys want to go back to if you could go back to the not now? Not that we're telling anyone what year it is. <laughs> Didn't I mention it was 2017 earlier? Okay, well, <laughs> don't peek behind the curtain, I guess. I I'd want to like... go back to the early 90s. 
and find baby Britain and give him give him advice. Also because I missed what commercials were. Though. I thought you were going to say early 90s so you could watch Batman <laughs> That's Returns. That's your reason time travel is commercials, fun about that. commercials are your reason for time travel. That's I mean, it's nostalgia. Also, we get to see Terminator 2 in theaters. Ah, I was, I was with thinking... everybody else in like Jurassic Park again. I think early 90s or maybe like, I feel like dinosaur time. I feel like 80. Three maybe to ninety three. I think sure. that's that's the that's the clutch. That's the key. Yeah, maybe that actually might be. And, and yeah. just when did when did Empire come out? Eighty. Eighty. Okay, so yeah, it's eh, eh, fine. I'd say nineteen seventy seven. I would love to have seen Star Wars yep. in mm. theaters with the crowd for the first time. Oh, plus seventies Olivia Newton John. There's a reason to time. Oh, and seventies Terry Gar. Yeah. Oh, ooh, but I hate. <laughs> the game show microphones were so little. See, I would probably say 77, because then I'd get Star Wars, then I'd get Superman, then I'd get Alien. And I don't like pork chops that much. And then I'd get the 80s. I'm ignoring you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like... See, see, I'm I'm the same way. We're like... I think 84 through uh through 94. That that would... It'd cover, it'd cover some of the, the comics I really like from that era, and then sure. avoid the 90s in comics, which is... Like, the, the, the late 90s in comics, which Extreme. is the whole thing. Extreme! Yeah. And so, and you get you get a lot of good movies. I feel like there's a lot of good bands going on. I, I, I can, I can yeah. dig that. 80s Billy Joel. You go see him in concert. That's exactly what I was thinking, actually. Yeah! There you go. Do you have anything else to say about Back to the Future? We could write Die Hard before it's released. <laughs> Isn't that a gag in Family Guy? Family Guy, yeah. yeah in the in the Back to the Future episode. Yeah, yeah. See a tie back or a passage to well, India, but I don't know if I want to brag about. I do that. love that where where he um uh Marty the way he convinces his dad to go after Martin is is he shows up and says I'm Darth Vader from Planet Vulcan or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, and ah, it's, it's perfect. And he's, and he's playing Van Halen music yeah. at like top volume. Yeah. They're just like very brief. Very weird moment. Yeah, that was awesome. And um, is it the same principle in the 50s as in the yep. 80s? Mm-hmm. Yes, Str- that, Strickland. Yes, was, it is supposed a, to be the same it's, principle. It's, it's just gag. supposed to be a gag as like, why does this guy look exactly the same? Yeah. Like they, they, that was, he, like, and that was a great gag. Like I thought that was I really love well. that so much. And he's in all three movies, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah okay. Okay. Nice. Yeah. This movie is so efficient. Like it, there, yes, it, it, it is. You can't really take anything out of the movie. There's nothing like superfluous, and it doesn't really need anything else. No, and it like, comes in in under two hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a clean. Like quick. I was thinking, just just going back to that about the scene where he shows up and he's like, "Oh, I'm Darth Vader from what?" It immediately cuts to just George being like, "Oh, I have to go and 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 ask out Lorraine because an alien and spaceman came and told me," and so and like that's like you. There's no like him having this conversation with his dad where they could play it up for laughs and be like, oh, you know, he's it's funny because he's pretending to be an alien and, and his dad's freaking out, and that's funny. It's it's just very much straight to, okay, the, we we got the gag. Move along. Yeah. We're, yeah. It, yeah. It's just so tight. Yeah, they, they, don't, they don't lean on anything too heavily. There's play. Yeah, it's a good time. There's, there's a reason this movie is... Still very iconic, and not just with the people that watched it when it came out. Like, there's a reason this movie means so much to people of all ages. But most importantly, Tyler. Well, most importantly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Do we want to go ahead and do grades? Yeah. Let's go. 
Um, I think I'm gonna go A. Okay. Just flat A. I feel good about it. Um, yeah, I, and there's not really a reason. I, I can't think of like a justification for getting an A plus. Just I feel like A is right where I want. Well, to. A plus is more something you need to justify to get an A plus. True. True. And, and as, as even though I'm a lot more liberal with my grades than y'all, like, I still don't want to just throw A-pluses around, you know? I still want to be like, Have you given one? Dark Knight. Yeah. Most of A-plus? Are those only A-plus movies? I believe so. Okay. I'm going to go A-minus. Mm. Like I said, in the A range for me, that's a very hard thing to do, and this movie's awesome, but it does... It does have some of those minor things that ultimately don't matter because it's still in the A range, so who cares? Yeah. But it does have those things. It is not 100% perfect, but it's pretty darn close. I'm going to go A+. Plus. We're rounding out the... Surprise, surprise! I, there I we think go. It, I, I, I came in and I wasn't sure if I liked it more than Aliens. And they're just such different movies that it's... Yeah. You can't... I think I do. Like, it's... Because, it, like, I've... I've, I've gone back and forth on what my favorite movie is for the past, like, five years. I, I think this still sits on top. At least, I'd have to think about it, but... Well, I think, and, and favorite movies kind of go beyond, like, analysis. It just comes down exactly. to, like, what, how you feel about it. See, that's that's the weird thing, because the only movie I've given an A-plus to is the first Terminator movie. Mm-hmm. And that's probably not in my top ten. Yeah. Like, Dark Knight Rises would be in my top ten. Yeah. Dark Knight yeah. would be in my top ten. Neither of those have A-pluses. And, and we also, also oh, no, I was gonna say like because like my favorite movie I would all I I don't think it's the best movie I've ever seen yeah but it's definitely it's my favorite movie I've ever seen yeah and your know, favorite is also when you watch a lot of movies like we do favorite becomes a a cluster it's not exactly it, it's hard to pick just one movie because you're like yeah but I, this other movie like you said Aliens and Back to the Future they're so different and yeah. like I've got like six movies that are all kind of my favorite movie yeah. yeah. I can't even decide which which Lord of the Rings movie is my, my favorite. Oh, same. So I mean, it's it's. I always just group them together and say the trilogy because like mm-hmm. because they're all made at the same time. I feel okay saying that. Because <laughs> it's yeah, I, I would not know how to. Pick. Did I? I've only given Aliens an A plus before, right? Did I give Dark Knight an A plus? Yes, you did. Okay. Let's I'm okay see. with that. Back to the Future. Uh, gave Jurassic Park an A. You didn't yep. go A plus on that. Correct. Uh, A plus for Dark Knight. Uh, where is he? Riveting audio here. Yeah, in aliens. Yeah, that's it. Okay. I'm okay with it. Oh my! I'm just looking at. There's like a string of like five movies that were in the A range for you, where it was like we 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 started at the Wolverine, then we went to Days of Future Past, then Deadpool, then Alien, then Aliens. And then it was the rest of the Alien and Predator movies. So it was like, whatever, who cares? None of this matters. Remember when the sun we flew too high on wax and wings? <laughs> Remember once upon a time. So next week, we're doing Back to the Future Part 2. Yep. Which, nice and simple. I think overall, that's the most disliked of all of these. At least most controversial. Yeah. yeah. There And... Yeah, we'll see. That'll be fun. That, I'm interested to get to that. And that's the one I know least about. I don't know much about the third one except there's cowboys. Yeah. But I don't know. The, I don't know what two is. The the third one is very much set in the west, and that's just its setting. Yeah. The second one does a lot more with. I can think of three distinct settings they they do, and they're all. I think they're all very interesting. There's yeah. story stuff within them that that is definitely problematic, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. 
I'm excited. This ain't no Matrix trilogy where it's the first one's solid and then it's all crap after that. Yep. D- Doc Brown, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you can find us uh, on our blog at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter at HCTSequels. All right. I feel good about this one. Well done, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys on Back to the Sequels. <laughs> Stay rogue, everybody. Sorry, Sorry about that. that.